Hey everybody, welcome to Athlete on Fire. Scott Jones here. We got a friend who I've known for quite a while, virtually, and uh, we've caught up in person a few times uh, here recently. Mark Jones, um, just an amazing endurance athlete, awesome human being. We've got a lot in common. Um, we talk about his the event, uh, the selection, Go Ruck selection, which is one of the toughest endurance events in the world, and some of the other things he's working on, um, mindset, setting expectations. Uh, the cool part was Sammy Schultz, who's a partner with the Athlete on Fire Virtual Gym, hopped on. She's an Olympian. She's got a military background as well, so they were able to bounce around some thoughts and ideas on that thing. And um, they're both very persistent athletes, so I think just hearing them go, go back to, back and forth a little bit on on uh, failing a handful of times before actually making it through to, to their goals was pretty interesting. And then we just all kind of throw around some stories and some training concepts. If you guys want to check out a video um, Mark did for the challenge that he talks about on the show. You can go to the Athlete on Fire YouTube or you can go to the website and check, uh, click on the virtual training and you can find um, his video. We should have a lot of these guest videos here shortly. So that's what we're doing. If you're looking for more precise training advice and videos from people that know what they're doing, uh, have their degrees and have spent lifetimes training athletes, uh, that's what we're doing. Athleteonfire.com. Hit that virtual training center button up in the top right. That's what we are that's what everything leads to. All of our content, everything's free, but we want to, we'd love to be hired to help you reach some of your goals. So that's what we do. Uh, enjoy the show. It was a good one. I think you guys will learn at least uh, maybe one or two things. Uh, I sure did. Appreciate y'all. How you doing, man? I'll take that as a compliment. I like it. <laughs> I do. It looks looks smooth. I had tons of facial hair at the end of the year because we, we were doing some like guys stuff up in Wisconsin and ice fishing, snowmobile and stuff like that. So nice. I grew the most facial hair I've ever had in my life. And uh, yeah, I'm back back to normal again. Sammy Schultz. Yeah. Hey. What up? Sorry, I like logged in and then it said you had another meeting in progress and it wouldn't let me in. So I was, I don't know I was on another on. call literally until like 45 seconds ago. So I was like oh, trying okay. to wrap it up. Uh, We're Sammy, doing some top smart. secret. Top secret. You know it. That's right. So Mark and I are not related, believe it or not, by the, by the uh, amazing facial hair and statures of our, of our being, even though he lives literally where my grandparents and aunt, and I've spent like so much of my life, he moved to West Virginia from Colorado, like what? About four, four months ago now, four, months four or five months. Ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's just wild. Um, uh, I mean, it gets wilder. Does it? I mean, we kind of met up randomly after years from a previous journey as well. Yeah. I don't know how much I want to go into it now or you want to just get it rolling. Yeah. Just get it rolling, man. I, you know what I found in the, in the years of doing pod, I've been podcasting for like seven or eight years. And the thing I found is like all the best shit happens right before I hit play and right after I hit play. So I just start <laughs> recording that junk right away. So let's hear it, man. Oh, sweet. So we're going. Yeah, we're in. <laughs> nice hey is this the first one kind of like on the uh the new cycle that you you just kind of promoted yeah uh you know i i went off and did the becoming ultra thing and still do and, and really love it but i wanted to get back to interviewing people and having conversations with people that are kind of in my world of training and performance and sport and yeah. uh i partnered up with sammy who i've been friends with and i coached her when she was in freaking high school and out of high school and we're really close friends now and my wife, of course, and then my buddy, who's he's got a little more of a tent with like team sport, power athletes, 
baseball, basketball, football guys. He's he's coaching and training out of Cincinnati, but we played baseball in college. So we started a little, nice. little virtual training center. I already had it kind of rolling, but I wanted to bring some people on. Sometimes I get bored of uh, working by myself all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's kind of cool. So Sammy, uh, I mean, Scott and I have some history, but I, I was like, are you sure you want to interview me? It seems like she has a lot of uh, credentials and he, I, I don't want to like take up her time on this interview. And he's like, no, 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 no. We're partners. So thanks for uh, being on. seems like you're a very accomplished athlete. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, I think it'll be great to bounce off ideas on each other and um, just kind of see. And I think just bringing all these different backgrounds together and hearing more about you and um your background it can always help to get new ideas and um just bring a bunch of good things to the platform and all the clients that we have yeah nice thank you i i agree like this whole hybrid athlete seems to be you know the new trend in the fitness world of competition so uh i i think you're you're uh decathlete is that modern modern pentathlon right there you go. Yes, okay. modern pentathlon. Right. So we have fencing, swimming, horseback riding, running, and shooting. Wow. Okay. Do you know Robert Killian? I I know the name. Okay. Because um, I know he was doing that for a while when he was in Colorado. Oh, was he, he really? Yeah. He was. Yeah. Now he's in DC, but he was. I know he was jumping into that with WCAP, right? Oh wow! No, I didn't. I had no idea. Oh, okay. That's what that's I didn't know if that's what you did also. But yes, I was in uh the WCAP program with the army and um definitely had a lot of other athletes. We have a lot of other sports, track and field, wrestling, even some winter athletes that qualified for the winter Olympics that'll be kicking off here in like a week. Nice. Yeah, Very explain cool. the explain WCAP really quick for, for people listening, because all three of us know what it is, but there, there might be people out there that don't know what it is. So WCAP, WCAP, it stands for World Class Athlete Program, and it's primarily a branch um, or unit in the Army. There is also a unit in Air Force, but it's primarily in the Army uh, station here in Fort Carson, where athletes um, or soldiers, we're considered ourselves soldier athletes. Um, We either are in the military to begin with, or we join the military um, as athletes meeting this criteria to be a part of the world-class athlete program. Um, we have standards we have to meet, and then we represent the U S army and team USA in national international events with the hopes of qualifying for the Olympics, meddling for the Olympics. And then they utilize us as soldiers to go out to other units and teach them about, they call them T sets, total soldier enhancement trainings. So we help teach them about running technique because that's a part of your PT test, um, visualization, breathing, um, all kinds of things that they can use, um, basically taking forward with their physical training. And also when they're out in combatives or just dealing with kind of stressful situations, we try to help kind of come in and bring them a new um, breath of fresh air with some fun PT and um, some new training ideas. Oh, that's cool. And then Mark, share, share your military background a little bit, just to, just to understand why I wanted both of you guys together. There's some obvious reasons here. Yeah. So I took the active duty approach in the Marines from 2000 to 2004. 
got out, went to college, and then joined the, the Army National Guard for the remainder of my career. I just retired in October after 21 years. But um, so I, <laughs> Sammy, I was on a lower level than WCAP. I never knew about any of this stuff before I went in the military. It was just a, hey, what's the best? I'm kind of homeless and got kicked out of my house. What, what do I do? Because I don't have funding for college. And <laughs> so my, this recruiter was there. He was like, Marines are the best. And that's basically how I got in. Uh, <laughs> but, but as my career progressed uh, in the guard, it's a little, a little more secretive and not, not just out in the open of how to get into athletics. But I was doing a lot of running, met people at races, they happened to be in the, the Army National Guard and then joined the, the marathon team. And then uh, from there, we did biathlon, uh, CIOR, which is a military pentathlon, different. You probably might know of it, just a yeah. different version. Um, but yeah, you know, it's just just different levels. So more athletes can really get into it and, you know, spread the worth, you know, spread the fitness worth to, to the individual units, which is kind of cool. Nice. Oh, but yeah. That's awesome. One of my coaches, um, he actually still works for USA pentathlon. He did the military pentathlon. He was in the Navy. Uh, so kind of a, a strange connection there. <laughs> I, I wonder if I know him. Uh, Kevin Montford. No, like there's a there's a guy at the Air Force Academy right there who who did it with me a few years back, but it's yeah that's even more of like a, a secret world to like get into. So I, I had the honor. We won the gold novice in Denmark in 2013, and then we did Quebec a few years back before COVID. So it's it's an interesting time for sure. So I have a question because me and uh, Mark, you're, we're about the same age. How old are you? 39. 39. Yeah. I got you by four, whatever your mustache. Makes you look <laughs> so <laughs> whatever, get out of here. Uh, and Sammy, how old are you again? Uh, I'll be 30 in March. I knew that too. Oh, wow. <laughs> Creeps me out. Cause I started coaching her when she was 16. <laughs> whatever. So uh, <laughs> I was gonna say whatever the whole freaking interview. Screw you guys. Um, all right, old man. I know. So Mar- Mark's one of those guys that, uh, we were introduced through mutual friends and like did an interview with him way back in that when, when I was getting started with athlete on fire and stuff. And then we've, we've met in person a handful of times. We've always just kind of hit it off. Like, you know, when you meet somebody and you can go on a hike with them and, and not run out of things to talk about, even though you barely know each other, like that's kind of who he was um, and how, and how we met and hung out a couple of times. But one thing I know, I don't think I ever asked you this question, Mark, what, um, when you're looking back to when you're just getting into the Marines back in 2000, um, what was something back then that w- was really difficult for you that today, if it was like, if it was brought as a challenge to you today, you'd kind of just laugh it off and be like, why was, why was that hard? Or is, is there anything like that? I'm sure yeah. there is for everybody. But- oh, oh, no, definitely. Definitely. So you got to realize I'm coming out of high school, right? I barely passed. You know, I never put in effort. I just barely passed. I even I, like in my English class, my final assignment was a rap song to pass you know, it w- with the, with the reframe being, I need to pass English class. <laughs> so that is, so I think she just gave it to me so I can go off and be a Marine. But, uh, you know, I was smoking, I was drinking. My recruiter picked me up off a lawn chair, you know, after a party to, to throw me in the back of his car and bring me to, <laughs> to the plane to ship me off. 
uh, that's kind of how my story started. So here I am, I wake up and I'm on Paris Island and, you know, we're, we're going through all this stuff. I never like really had physical activity in my back pocket, but what really was kind of a shock to my system was our, uh, the O course. So the O course finishes with a rope climb and, you know, I didn't know how to freaking climb a rope. I never climbed a rope. And I was just, I might've had like two poles, three poles, but I didn't give up until they were like, get off. You suck. And at that time I realized how precious the simple things in life were because at that moment, everybody went back to the barracks with their boot bands. And if you don't know what a boot band is, it's what blouses your, your pants, uh, on top of your boots. Um, so I was still in my go fasters, my sneakers without boot bands and my, the cuffs of my pants still rolled up because I didn't climb the rope. I did not earn my boot bands. And it was such a crappy feeling to just fucking be that guy, you know? So, you know, long story short, obviously I made it through and I figured out how to climb the rope. Uh, But man, that was, that was a low, definitely in boot camp. Rope's funny because most, especially young men, will, will go and look at that thing and, and just try to power up upper body, maybe try to put their feet on on it and realize they don't know how to do that and give up and then just man, you know, just manpower all the way up to the top and you're burned out like halfway up the damn thing. I remember when I was in high school, we had ropes to climb in gym class, like that was still a thing. And uh, oh, it's so funny, so many people would just friggin rope burn hands don't know how to get down yeah but like technique wise it's really not once you learn a couple basics it's not too bad anymore you know and that's funny and that's the evolution of humanity and then let's just say 22 years now from when i was in boot camp and it was like i don't know how to climb a rope to how are people still not able to climb a rope right because there's so much out there it's incorporated with so many workouts you got the CrossFit games and everybody with this technique and it should be dialed in across the board and you know, like <laughs> what's next. Right. Uh, but yeah, 22 years later, I'm like, how can you not climb a rope still? But I love, I love, love, love showing people how to do it if they can't. So Wait, what, what style do you do? You do a J? Oh, definitely. Cause it doesn't burn you as much, but under load, uh, it's good to know both techniques for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And and we can and, have them uh, do a, a a how-to video for for the website for those that people cool. that like have never done it. Because sometimes, yeah, yeah it's just like if you don't have access to one, you probably have never done it. And yeah, you figure out a way to get it done. Um, like being in that military environment, it's like yeah, you have to figure it out. Um, but a lot yeah. of people aren't put in that situation where they have to figure it out and they'll just give up. It's like I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's that's exactly what you nailed it, Sammy. I mean, I was. I, I didn't have family to, to say it's okay if I quit, you know, if I couldn't climb the rope and I quit and I went home, that was it. There's nothing to go back to. So I, I really was in that situation where it was like, you need to shape up, figure this out, get it done and move on. And, uh, cause there's nothing else out there. You know, it's like the fighter, you know, or not the fighter. Um, what's, what's the boxing movie with the two brothers? Oh, Shoot. I know what you're talking about. Uh, but but before James, you know, Tatum, that one with him. 
No, no, shoot. I don't want to dwell on it, but oh, I should know this. <laughs> but but anyway, like he's he, he's about to go fight, you know, the, the biggest fight of his life. And his and his wife was like, or no, um, his coach in the corner was like, if you don't knock him out, you're not gonna have a home to go to. And it was kind of like that that situation for me. Yeah. That's stressful, man. Just hard, hard home life back in the day. Huh? Warrior. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. It's called Warrior. warrior. Yes. I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Samuel? Like when you look back, like, what? I mean, it can be even back to your high school days since you're younger than us. Like what, what was something that, that you did back then that was, you either dreaded it all the time or you just couldn't figure it out. And like, now it's, you know, just go, you just go hammer it out. You know what I mean? Oh man. There's probably a lot of stuff. I mean, there was like so many training sessions you put me through and I'm like, I never thought I could do like jumping up. I think the one workout I remember, um, you made me, we were doing some hill stuff and we were really working on form. Um, because I thought just, I thought I would always hurt running. I just thought my knees were always going to hurt. I was always going to have shin splints. So I kind of just always ran through it and I was like, well, I'll just keep working hard. And at some, in some point I'll, I'll improve. Um, and so I didn't really think I could ever run pain-free until we were working on form one day and, Scott's like, you need to hop up this hill on one leg. And if you touch down with the other foot, you have to start back over. And I just mentally that challenge and pushing myself in different ways and going through just different workouts through my Olympic athletic career, through my high school career, um, just getting through those workouts that you really kind of coming into it, you already kind of set yourself up for failure. I feel like you're like, I can't do this. And like, who told you you couldn't do it. And then until someone actually kind of forces you and says, okay, well, you're going to have like, you can do this, like keep it up, keep pushing. Um, so there was a lot of, I think, workouts just going through and then ultimately being able to run pain-free without having my knees hurt all the time, without having shin splints, Um, and now I can go out and I just have those tools with me for the rest of my life. And a lot of the injuries that I've had and worked through and just been able to kind of like drive on, but in a way of taking what I've learned and just like, just building on from that. Yeah. I think it's a lesson. Like uh, I'm sitting here, like drawing all these comparisons, but for athletes, like Sammy is one of my, one of my favorite athletes to work with on a one-on-one situation because she was always game and i i think we're young athletes kind of mess up and and i think as you get older you you realize that you can't put a time limit on on an effort when you want to do it right and uh you know so many people get used to going into the gym for that one hour and when the hour's over they walk out well you know a lot of sammy sessions were two hours two and a half hours like we're going to stay out there until you until we got the 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 right stimulus or the right execution um but so many people rush themselves to do it right and, uh, you know, I take great pride in, in training athletes, especially one-on-one in the relationships you build. And it just, it just made me realize like my dad was pretty tough on me because he was my coach in a lot of different ways. And, and I look you know, in hindsight, now he's passed away. I look to him and like, golly, those were really, really good lessons. And it created a really good father-son relationship. And all of my favorite athletes were the ones that I beat the living crap out of more than anybody else because <laughs> they real you have to have a breakthrough though. If you don't come out on the other side and trust your coach enough to have that breakthrough, um, then maybe I'm just a you know, maybe I'm just a mean coach. 
but for the people that stuck with it and, and saw those breakthroughs, I mean, the relationships have lasted for literally forever. And it's pretty cool to see that. Cause that when I'm parenting my kids, I just try to keep that in the back of my mind. Like we'll be friends when, when you guys are 21, like we're friendly, they're little dudes, you know, but, but uh, I'm going to have to be a hard ass a little bit for the, for the next 10 years, just to get the right, the right outcome, or at least the outcome that I want kids <laughs> in 2022, you know, there's so many challenges. I don't know. I always think about that stuff. Um, oh, well, I, oh, go ahead, Sammy. I, I also kind of think like the way of you said, you kind of had to break me down. Um, Mark, I, I mean, I'm sure you really had this, but when you go off to basic training, the drill sergeants and everyone just, they break you down to build you back up, to make you work as a team, to kind of ingrain these, um, ingrain things in your head of what hard work is working as a team, like the things that you need to do as a soldier, um, whatever your job is. And so I really think that that kind of, it's funny how that kind of applies and just hearing you talk about that. I'm like, Oh, I was thinking about how basic training was and everything that we went through the struggle, but those relationships that you form, even though you almost hate your drill sergeant, sometimes you build this relationship. And at the end, you're like, how do I actually like this person? Like, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny how tough love works, huh? Yeah. Uh, we need so much more of it in, in the culture right now. It's, it's pretty brutal. Uh, that's, you know, whole- and, and that's, and that's, you know, this uh, maybe a segue to, to one of my favorite events that I've done is also one of the hardest ones and, you know, doing go ruck selection. That was, uh, that's all it was, was hatred for 48 hours thrown in your face. And then once you finish, it's, you know, as long as you want of hugs and, you know, beers thrown your way and all kinds of goodies. Right. And, uh, man, it's just, you know, hearing, hearing that whole going back 22 years to boot camp and, and remembering my drill instructors to this day and, you know, what they wanted out of you. And then, just to see it all come together. It's, a, it's just amazing what they do. Sammy, do you know, do you know what selection is? No, I don't. Oh, okay. This is great. So you guys have a really <clears throat> common thread in, in the way that you had to persevere to get to the Olympics finally. And the way that Mark had to go about finishing this, this crazy ass event. Um, so I want to tie your all stories in a little bit on this. But Mark, why don't you just paint a picture? Me and you have talked about this before uh, on shows, but it's been a while. Um, tell tell Sammy what selection is and kind of what your your journey was with it. Oh, all right. Let's just we'll do the short version here. Um, <laughs> so this is an event. It's the only thing I've ever quit in my life, um, and I quit. Let's see. One was a medical, but let's just say I went through it four times and the fourth time was the charm. And that was just what, two years ago now. And it's, it's 48 hours. You come with 45 pounds dry and you carry that the entire time. You're just getting yelled at. I mean, it's all the nasty stuff you would get in boot camp and basic and increase that by like a thousand. <laughs> it was like, the worst days in three months consolidated into two days. Um, (laughs) that's the best way to put it. You're cold the entire time. You're wet the entire time, muddy, uh, just, just everything nasty. But when you finish, it's just one of the greatest feelings in the world. Uh, but you'll, yeah, you'll have to research it and check it out. Yeah. 
this yeah, yeah uh, brutal brutal breaking it down i mean the fact that you went back four times says something either positive or negative about you probably positive but but uh just that persistent <laughs> you're just such a persistent dude i love i love that man what what was the yeah. mental what was the mental breakthrough because it probably wasn't a physical breakthrough uh, i'm assuming well, you know, it kind of was, and was this is not, these aren't excuses at all, but you know, the first time, uh, I was just kind of directed towards it and I got to like 36, 38 hours. And, you know, one of the, one of the cadre said something to me and I was just like, all right, I've had enough of this. And I left. So it wasn't even a physical, like I'm done kind of thing. It's just, it was a mental, I didn't like what you, I didn't like how you talked to me. Uh, the next time I, I, we were doing like a uh, bucket farmer carry on the beach and I just passed out. I got up and they were like, you're done. And then the third time uh, I was going through a relationship battle and, you know, it wasn't a bad thing. I just had this awesome like sunrise. It was past 24 hours and the sun was coming up and I just had this like good moment. I finished, you know, I came in, they're like, you're done with this evolution, grab this. And I'm like, no, I'm done. I'm, I'm good with this. I'm, I'm like happy. I'm content. I think I'm done with this event. So then the CEO of go rock comes up to me and is like, Mark, you need to take a couple of years off. Like that's, that's mandatory. I do not want to see you for like two years. So after, you know, missing a year and watching it, I wanted to go back, but I remembered what he was saying. So I gave it another year and then like solid dedication. All I was doing was training for this event and I showed up. And I absolutely crushed it because I had so much conviction that this is it. This is <laughs> just like boot camp all over again. There is no home to go back to. So that was that was the conviction needed to to get through it. Cool. Hi, Sammy. So, how many of the the last three or four Olympics were you? Was it three? I guess three. I'm just trying to figure out. Um, how close were you? You know. Th- three Olympics ago versus Rio versus the, the Tokyo that you finally got to go in, which you had to wait for a whole extra year because of COVID um, kind of similar, like coming back to, to similar events and trying, trying to, to put the numbers up to be able to get the invite to go represent your country. Um, yeah. What, what was the breakthrough for you or what was the, what happened over the, over this, the span of time where you finally got to do it? So kind of starting, I guess, at the beginning, um, I started the sport in 2010. Um, I was a senior in high school at the time and the next Olympics were 2012. So I knew it was like a huge long shot for me to make it at that point. I was still pretty green into the sport, even though I had a background of running, swimming, horseback riding, and I knew how to shoot. Um, I still was just very green to the sport. And when I came in, I just got injury after injury. I was like, oh, I can keep up with all these people that have been doing pentathlon for all these years. And I'm not going to get hurt. I was like, I'm invincible. Like, I just wanted to please so bad and like make it. And I got injured and just over and over and over again. I just was like, did not learn my lesson. And so finally, I, my hip was injured. And after 2012, I was like, okay, I want to keep going another four years, but I can't with my hip. I had a torn labrum. I had a stress fracture in the neck of my femur. And at that point I was kind of like, okay, I really need to take my health more seriously. Uh, if I'm going to make this happen for 2016. So I had the hip surgery, um, came back. I tried to learn a lot more about my body. That's where I actually got into Pilates 
got certified to do that because I was like, oh, rehab is actually kind of fun. It's something I can incorporate in um, everything I do. It doesn't have to be something I hate. And, and so just having that transformation in my mind of, no, it's more prehab based, like I'm preventing injuries before they happen. And so just kind of building that up, getting more of a strength program, building up just kind of more of that base. And I came back so physically strong for Rio. However, mentally, I didn't really train that side of things. And I feel like I let the pressure, uh, fencing was always, has always been my challenging sport. And so I think I just let the pressure of the Olympics and knowing that I was like, I want to qualify so bad. I just let that pressure get to me. And I qualified for Rio. Um, I was on the Olympic selection list. However, they only take the top two women from each country. And I was literally one spot behind my teammate. So it like, it was gut wrenching. And I just like, at that point, I'm like, I had given everything I had, like I had put off trying to go to school because I'd been doing online school at that point. So it was just like all my eggs were in this basket and it was just like, and I think that was an issue too. Moving forward after 2016, I was recruited to join the army, join the WCAT program. And that's kind of the first time I was like, I took a step back and was like, I took a break from my sport and kind of got away for a little bit came back, had a, like a refreshed mind. Um, and I, I had more to fight for. I feel like too. being in the military, I was like, I'm a soldier athlete now. Um, I've earned this. And I just felt like I had more to fight for finished up school and then also got married. And I just, I found myself finding, even though I was busy and I had all this other extra stuff, I felt like it brought me more joy. It wasn't like all I do is pentathlon. Like I am a wife now. I, I'm a student. Um, I'm a friend, I'm a daughter, like all these different things. And I think that that helped to not just be all one, one, eight, like all my eggs in one basket. And so I think kind of that transformation and then moving forward into Tokyo, uh, I qualified in 2019. So I qualified almost eight months before the Olympic games, which was very fortunate. Um, I had a very good competition at Pan American games and then COVID hit and it was just like, okay, now, now what, like what's going to happen? Um, Olympics get postponed a year and can't really go to gym. So I just trained like a banshee from home. Like I set up anything and everything I could. I put bands up. I fenced in the garage. I shot in the driveway. Um, I did like anything and everything I could. I was like, even if the Olympics don't happen, I'm going to like make them happen. And I kind of got that stubborn attitude. And, um, that's when I started actually working with a therapist. And I think that that really helped more of my mental side of things to slow down a little bit and realize that you can do all the physical work, but mentally you still kind of have to be in the game too, and realize that rest is still important and training your brain, training your mind, having those relationships and a balance. I still don't know what a balance is, but I'm figuring, trying to work on it. <laughs> it's not worth it. I don't, I don't know if it's possible. That's <laughs> my take. I don't know. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like you have like legit balance, Mark? Um, you know, I, I think that's a, a never ending cycle, but yeah. I agree yeah. that having the options instead of having this one track mind, get up pentathlon or get up and rock, you know, and having those other, and you, you look at like some of the greatest athletes, 
they're not just one dimensional, right? They, I mean, they have other things to mentally keep them in the game, you know, whether it's like for me lately, it's been disc golf. I, you know, it's, it's an easy way to get on the golf course without having to pay any money. Like I just go, <laughs> it's in my backyard. I throw the disc around. It's frustrating. Like I had a really rough day today, but you know, it still brings a smile and it's still, it's still, uh, you know, you're still getting some training in, but it brings you back to, okay, I'm not an expert at this. Let's have fun. And then let's come back, you know, just like that little bit of break to come back to reality and focus on your sport again. Did you find that one I told you about? Uh, it's probably, it's probably the same one. Um, like really man, steep it, hills everywhere. Yeah. Such a great community. I mean, it's <laughs> right. It's literally right out my door. I can't not do it. Can't believe you're in West Virginia. It's great. Do you follow a uh, disc golf pro tour on Instagram? You know, with the cold days, uh, I've been watching a lot of disc golf <laughs> on my treadmill. It's so addictive. But man, it's, it's insane. Like as soon as we got here, it's like, Hey, the, uh, the, the guy that runs the trails across the street, like started them from scratch. Like I'm on that build team and we're building miles of trails and it's such a crazy community. Then I go play disc golf and I have all these guys giving me stuff. Cause I'm this beginner, you know, everybody's so warm and kind here. It's just like the most amazing place. Sammy, he asked me, well, so, so just backstory, my grandparents lived on in downtown hurricane, West Virginia. It's not hurricane. You'll get made fun of if you say that um, <laughs> downtown hurricane, West Virginia, right on main street, like during the 4th of July parades, like we would just sit on their, on their front porch and like get the candy and all this stuff. And this dude moves to the same town, which is just the, the odds of this are just so staggering that I know him and he moved there, but he sent me a text, like, I don't know, like a month ago or something. He's like, Hey, um, just curious. Is it, is it normal for people just to come over to your house un, uninvited to say, Hey, I was like, uh, it depends on where you're at, but yeah, I mean, it's a normal thing in, in West Virginia. It's just a really sweet laid back place. And there's, there's not as many distractions like Colorado has, like we can go do 800 things today. Like I can go ski, snowboard, you know, all the things you can do here. There's, it's a very recreational place, but it's a little more specific to a handful of things, especially in these little micro communities. So you're probably just, reaping the benefits of that out there. It's kind of crazy. Well, I mean, what's cool as an athlete, you know, coming from Colorado, you're just like everybody else. And here you're like in one of the most unhealthy States. And if you're an athlete, like you really have a tighter community, which is really cool. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's cool. I, I, I mean, love it here. I got my master's in exercise science 30 minutes away from where you live right now, which is just wild pretty cool yeah. um oh yeah really quick just to kind of wrap up the olympic story sammy so so you you kind of changed the mental stuff and you had different things you it seemed like you just kind of figured out your why so you had a bigger why and all that good stuff which, which we all have to have um but then the covid thing hit and you had to be pissed for a minute before you got determined like that's kind of the the process for for people when things change quick and then when you finally got to go was there was a relief was it was it everything you expected it was a weird time to be doing anything internationally I'm just kind of curious if everything felt like it was worth it once you were done. Yeah, the Olympics definitely were different, but even as an alternate for the Rio Olympics, I got to go to Rio, but as a spectator. So I only knew, I didn't know what an Olympics was like in non COVID year. So for me, I was like, 
this is so great. This is exciting. Uh, the only thing was just like getting to Tokyo and having all these precautions in place. And you're just like praying that you don't get COVID or you get like a false pot, like any kind of test that you do traveling over there before you go, you're like, what if I'm one of those asymptomatic people? There's all these, what ifs, like, what if I test positive? What if this? And so just remembering that, like, that's just something I can't control. Like I can control the people I'm around leading up to the Olympics and just hope that I don't test positive, um, focus on the training I can do, um, kind of focusing on that stuff. But once I was there, I mean, I thought it was amazing. We still, all the athletes were in the village. Um, you did have to wear masks everywhere, which in Tokyo in the summertime, when it's 90 degrees, 90% humidity, that sucked. Um, I will say that you're always like constantly like mouth sweat, whatever. (laughs) Um, but at least when we were competing, like we could take, take that off and stuff, but, and just interacting with other athletes. And I think one thing that I heard someone from other Olympics say is that for this games, there was more of like a close knit team USA because we weren't going out to watch other events. We couldn't, I couldn't go watch track and field and go off to other venues. And so we would just sit in the common areas at night and watch other people compete. And so you got to know more, I think, Team USA athletes versus, oh, I'm going to go off to this party or this Team USA house or go off to the Red Bull house. And so I think sometimes it can get a little crazy. And after being separated for so long, coming together, and being a part of team USA, it can just, it was just very isolating during COVID. And so that was very exciting. And then walking and closing ceremonies, being able to finally compete. Um, I mean, I didn't have the results I wanted, but I gave 110%. I worked my butt off. And I mean, that's all I can ask for. And it was just that it happened. I'm just so grateful that the Olympics actually happened. Yeah. No, I, yeah. So cool. Definitely. I mean, you're at the cream of the crop. Like people spend their whole lives trying to get there and you get there. That's amazing. And in Tokyo, Tokyo is one of my, one of my favorite places in the world. So awesome. So congratulations. That's really cool. Thank you. Beast. (laughs) Um, so what are you guys, uh, Mark, I think Mark first as much as anything, because I know more of Sammy's life right now. What, like, what are you training for anything right now, Mark? Like, what's yeah, what's man. So, life? so uh, I just won the uh, the Gorok uh, World Championships. So that was kind of my trifecta with them, and then they just released this like three day uh, CrossFit style hybrid event that they're not really releasing anything on. Uh, but it's a big prize and there's only, I think like 50 total athletes. So oh. that's, that's happening in April. Where's that? It's called go Ruck games. Uh, it's in Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I, it's, it's been like pretty hard with training and, uh, you know, rocking sandbags, that kind of stuff. Nice. What's that? So before we got on like, this is just something I've done forever on, on this show. Do you, do you have like a workout or a challenge or something that you, that you can get people to literally go try out just so they know like what you're putting yourself through on a, on a daily basis or, um, and there's plenty of ways to modify it for, for the normal population. That's just get into this stuff who, you know, we don't want to send them out to their, to, de- to be destroyed for the next three weeks. But, um, 
I love hearing yeah. the big sets you guys are doing out there because I usually go try them anyway. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to give a simple one on this because it's lately it was a, initially it was a really big challenge and now it's becoming like just my daily flow, like my Zen. Uh, I got this I-beam in my garage and if, you know, people don't know what I-beam it is, it's basically for structural steel. Uh, it's what they, they put up inside the buildings and then they build around it. So it's literally an eye of steel. So on the bottom, uh, each, the top and the bottom, they're called the flange, like the, the bottom and the top of the eye. Those are the flanges on I-beam. And I got this thing running through my garage and, you know, this game, the games coming up is like an OCR hybrid with a ruck on, uh, and, and tons of unknowns. So I'm just going across the bottom of this flange with my 30 pound ruck on, you know, back and forth. And, you know, if you're a climber, you're probably awesome at this, but for people that just do OCR where you're doing more of like a grip instead of just, you know, like this kind of grip, it's just, it's really hard, especially when you put weight on. So, uh, if you find a 50 foot I-beam throwing uh, 30 pounds and see how far you can go. Cause it's, it's pretty hard. Yeah. And you got that open grip, which is way harder, um, from a strength yeah. standpoint, right? Yeah. So it's like four fingers instead of five. And how far can just, you go? Uh, well, so I've gone back and forth twice. And I'm just totally smoked. Um, it's just, it's weird because if you don't wear gloves, which I don't do in an obstacle race, it, it will, it will cut you up, especially as much as I'm training with it. So I wear gloves, which I don't do. And they start to slide off cause I'm a sweaty dude. And that's kind of what gets me to stop it. Like it hurts, but it's more of the glove sliding. So, but yeah, doing a lot of that stuff. I love it. Yeah. And for pe- for people listening, like if you, if you aren't good with overhead stuff, whether it's like monkey bars or pull-ups or hang, you just, just start with a hang to see where you're at. First of all, um, it's sound, it doesn't sound awful 30 pounds on your back, but 30 pounds on your back when you're trying to traverse is, is legit. So I would definitely yeah, say not one. a weight fest, not a weight fest, like a rock. So it's pulling you back as you're That's going because a yeah. weight fest is way easier. Oh yeah. Oh, this is awesome. Cause, um, same as husband, Carl, he's a contractor and very handy. I feel like we can get an I-beam up in the backyard somehow. Boom. There you go. Challenge accepted, <laughs> Sammy. <Yeah. laughs> uh, that's great. So uh, 30 pounds, I-beam might be hard for y'all, some of y'all to find, but if you can't, you can hop on some monkey bars. I love it. We, you're doing Bottom that. of a bridge. Bottom uh, of most bridges oh, yeah. in a park, you'll see it. Yeah. Sweet. Um, what? So April is the competition. Yep. Uh, let's see. April 23rd. Okay. All right. Let's go to story time a little bit. I got a story um, about an athlete I was working with that Mark helped me out with. I'm not going to say his name. And if you're listening, I got lots of love for you, but this, this story might hurt a little bit. I got disclaimer. I have plenty of stories about Sammy that are going to be not quite this harsh, but like the, like the hill workout on the one leg hop, that was, that was, that, that will be imprinted in her brain until she dies. Like, it's just one of those days, right? Like you had to overcome something. So this kid who is just a, a really, a really sweet kid, he's 19 years old last year. So he's probably 19 or 20 right now. And he wanted to train for selection. Well, actually he wanted to train for the frozen otter, which is a big ultra up in Wisconsin, 
brutal conditions, usually really cold. <clears throat> and, uh, I'm, co- you know, I'm coaching a lot of virtual clients now more than I ever have a lot of endurance athletes. Um, like I'll get triathletes here and there. I'll get some cycling events and some OCR type stuff. Uh, so he went, he wanted to do the frozen otter. It actually got canceled because of COVID stuff. So he switched his focus to selection. He found it somehow. And, uh, so I'd been training for virtually eh, four or five months before I met, uh, he came out to do a weekend. So I invited him to come to my house. I live at 9,000 feet. It's a, it's a pretty rugged place. And, uh, you can go out the back door and go get some crazy, like I can get to the top of a 14,000 foot peak in less than 12 or 15 miles, something like that. Mount Evans. <clears throat> so in any case, he comes out with his uncle. His uncle doesn't understand this whole world that we're all, that we're all kind of entranced in, ensconced in, whatever you want to say. So his uncle's like, are you sure you want to continue? Are you sure you want to continue this? I'm like, this is like a, a 45 minute workout. This kid's coming out here. I'm going to beat the living hell out of this kid for, for a week because I talked to Mark a bunch. I know other people who've been involved in selection. I knew how hard it was. You know, I don't know intimately like Mark does by any means, but Mark just happened to be in town the same freaking weekend. He came to a gym I was working with. We had a, a deck of fit strong, a deck of strong challenge, which is a Spartan um, branded uh, basically like a, a, decathlon yeah like an anaerobic decathlon yeah, yeah. there you go so you had yeah. bikes and I was like, so so this kid's 23 years younger than me i was like dude if i beat because I, I, was, I was competing and i was like if i beat you i'm gonna beat the shit out of you for the next two days like it's gonna be the worst weekend <laughs> <laughs> and i had, i wasn't training for the thing and i saw mark out there and uh so i beat him by like three or four minutes i was like all right it's on <clears throat> so the next morning we're gonna meet mark at red rocks i was like hey i don't i don't know selection as well as you do i'm just trying to get him to have a base level virtually give him these sets blah 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 so we meet at the trailhead actually sammy at the trailhead of mount morrison where me and carl and lauren hiked this this summer oh yeah so we have uh he's probably got i don't know maybe a 30 pound pack on it wasn't too heavy um so we hiked mount morrison and me and mark got a lot of time to chat because he was he was way behind it was just it's a tough hike anyway so he's way behind we get to the top mark goes through some like push-ups and um you're just being really specific because they're really strict on their sit-ups and, and push-ups, military style stuff. So, so he puts it to that and he's already, you know, he's, he's, he's burning out pretty quick, which, which to be fair, most 19 year old kids would like they, you get excited about something and you don't know what it's really going to feel or, or look like when you get into it. And you just, you hit the wall quick and you learn and you, and you just expand your, your base. So we get to the bottom and Mark, Mark has a freaking sandbag, like a 60 pound sandbag in his, in his, in the back of his car. He's like, all right. So here's what we got you first you, he had him do a bunch of cleans and presses just at the car at the trailhead and then he said all right just meet us up at red rocks and he gave him really specific directions he's just seeing if you could follow the directions to meet us at the top me and mark go up there and we're doing like a light workout waiting for him this is a this is a mile like an hour goes by and the kid is nowhere to be found and like we're talking to other people out there hanging out and all of a sudden like oh shit where the hell is he at like did you tell him to go somewhere else? You're like, I have no idea. And then finally we looked down at the bottom of the stairs and the poor kid is carrying, he's hauling this 60 pound thing on his shoulders. Um, and you know, Red Rock, he's, he's from the East coast. Red, Rock, Red Rocks is kicking the crap out of him. Like he does for everybody. And then Mark has him do like a burpee jump throw combo. Is that all you had him do out there on the stairs? I can't remember exactly. It wasn't much. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't much. too much. Uh... It's kind of like a toss burpee jump up to the next step, like 10, 10 or 15 of those. So yeah. it does those. 
and, and he looks like a he looks like a wet cat that just has gotten the crap beat out of it for getting into the kibble whatever so so uh i'm looking at mark i was like oh man this is i i know this is a long shot for him to even get to the start line you're like yeah but just let him let him figure some stuff out so we go back to my house and i just want i want, I want you all's take on this stuff when, when i'm done telling the story so go back to my house he's 19 years old and his uncle they're staying at a little cabin about 10 minutes from my house up here in bailey and I, I told him, I was like, hey, drop him off. I know he's got some, he had some homework for college. So he's in, in this office right here working. And all of a sudden he comes up to me. He's like, hey, Scott, um, my mom, I was going to have him stay the night. I was going to get up really early. We're going to go up the mountain, do some tough shit. He's like, my mom really doesn't want me staying at your house. I think I might have told you this part, Mark. He's like, she just, she hasn't met you and she doesn't know you yet. And uh, she really doesn't want me staying here. So I need, I need to call my uncle. And I... My kids were there. My wife wasn't there. I'm like pretty kind of irritated, you know, like I wasn't charging him for this, for this stuff from a coaching standpoint, even though he was, he was paying me at, for my online service, but not on in-person stuff. I just, I wanted to get him to that next level and somewhat insulting. He, and I've, we've had this conversation. He knows how I feel about all this stuff. And uh, I was like, all right, school's over. Put that shit away. He's like, what? I was like, go get your workout stuff. He, he'd taken a shower it was March. It was like cold outside. He's all cozy in my freaking nice heated house. I was like, all right, let's go. He's like, what? I was like, first of all, why in the hell would I let you in my house with my seven and nine-year-old kids if I thought that? So the fact that you were leaving my house because you didn't trust me pissed, pissed me off beyond anything that I could think of. So I was like, all right, this kid's about to find out if he's, if he's ready for even signing up for this damn event. So we go out in my front yard and there's a perfect mile around the neighborhood. In the last like quarter mile, you get 150 vert or something, it's just straight up freaking gravel. Uh, so it's like, all right, here you go. Um, I don't want no jacket on. You need to freeze your ass off. It's like 30 degrees out. It's like you're not wearing a jacket today. <laughs> this is hilarious. So I have I have it all on video too. I had him run a lap. I was like, first lap needs to be under nine minutes. If it's not, it doesn't count. We're doing five laps. So he gets back and he thinks I'm just gonna have him run five miles in the workout done. I was like, all right. Um, we had a puddle out in the front and we we're doing some, some uh, like pencil rolls and all stuff is about four or five inches deep. If you really worked hard at getting wet, you could get your whole body really wet. And that's what I want to do. So I had, pencil, I had him pencil rolling three or four times, 10 pushups, pencil roll, 10 pushups, every push up, face had to be in the water. Like just water's probably as cold as the air, coldest shit out there. And then he starts curling up. I'm sure Mark can, can relate to this. He starts curling up trying to get his body heat instead of opening up like a, a legit pencil roll. Cause that's the, the problem. Like you're vulnerable when everything's opened up. Right. So he's doing this and I'm wait, I'm going to wait for about 10 minutes until he thinks it's getting tough. All right. Mile number two, see that tire over there. There's a rope right next to it. Tie the rope around your waist, tie the other part of the rope around the tire. You need to be around here in 12 minutes. <laughs> so he had to run with the tire around. Then he came back and I had him do like a five minute wall sit and like 50 deadlifts with dumbbells and, just taxing him pretty good. He's on the wall sit and he's like, you know, you guys have probably been there with the military stuff. He's like trying to not make eye contact with me. And he's like writhing in pain. And, and the worst thing you can do when you're doing an isometric hold of any sort is move the rest of your body, you know, instead of just relaxing and accepting the pain that you have heads everywhere. I was like, Hey, you need to look at me. It's like, you're shivering 10 minutes in dude, there's no shivering in, in this stuff. So go through that thing. And I'm trying to 
trying to tough him up a little bit. A lot of F-bombs being thrown. Um, Tell him to get his jacket. Round three, he's got to go grab a a 15-foot Aspen uh, log that's in my yard, and he's got to run the whole lap overhead, and I ran this lap with him. And anytime it went an inch below his head, he had to do 10 uh, bar jacks. So with the Aspen boom, boom, he had to do 10. And then he get, he got a five second break and they had to do, do it again. So he probably on that one mile lap, it, I think it took 50 minutes and he stopped, he probably did 150 to 200 <laughs> overhead presses with that thing. So we get back and I put him back in the water and this goes on for five laps. So I think the last one I had him run a sub seven thirty or something um, to get out of it. And he, you know, he did it all. He's up for the challenge, but then he walked away and he had two more days in Colorado. The next day, his stomach wasn't feeling good. So he didn't meet me. And the day after that, his uncle wanted to go get breakfast, so he didn't meet me. And mm. I'm not saying this to I'm not saying this to throw the kid under the bus. If I want to throw him under the bus, I'd say his name and it wouldn't matter, but all that stuff. Um, but it was a huge learning experience. Like what your expectations are of what your body and your mind can actually do when you haven't re- really, truly, and honestly tested it versus um, versus where you are is those those can be two worlds completely apart. And whether or not stomach was really jacked up the next day, don't care. He didn't show up. Um, and the two days after that, I was willing to get up at three in the morning and put him through, you know, you know, I'm crazy. We're all kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, that being said, he goes back and we have some conversations and. and yeah. I mean, uh, you know, he could, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was saying we had some conversations. The training got harder for sure. I'm pretty sure he was following most of it as, as well as he could. He, he learned a lesson. he, wanted to he wanted to disconnect himself with some of the family that wasn't as supportive which is this happens a lot guys um but at the end of the day he never even got to the start line and uh i don't have the answer to that he kind of kind of just disappeared i I text him every once in a while um but yeah so yeah feedback thoughts on that stuff i'll be curious what you guys have go ahead sammy do you have anything i got a lot i mean i i at least never got my ass kicked that bad um (laughs) um, but if everyone had i mean i think that's kind of a good thing though to have someone that's gonna put you through something almost harder than what you're like because you want to train so that your body is ready for everything and so you were really trying to do the best thing you could to set him up for success And I think sometimes you don't see that, especially when you're, um, a younger athlete and you have someone who is like really pushing you and you don't think you can do it. Um, but you ultimately were trying to help him succeed and get through it because he was probably going to have harder things ahead of him. Um, and it sounds like he, he did have the mental capacity to push through and work through it, but didn't have the perseverance and that consistency, um, that you need because that consistency you have to show up every single day, even yeah. if you hurt, even if you don't want to be there. Like that's the biggest thing, just consistency, um, putting in the work. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. On top, on top of that, it's support. And I realized that's the biggest thing. I perform well because I have support. The little stories you're talking about with dad wants to get breakfast. It's a joke to them. They don't want to support it. They don't want to be part of it. Right. So that's, that's the, during this event and many events, and I'm sure in the Olympics, you have those voices in your head that say, don't do this, take a little more rest. We don't have, we'll, we'll make it up tomorrow. Right. And those, those are what I refer to and many refer to as the demons. And how do you fight those demons? Well, you have that why, 
and that why gets you gets you through it. However, with this individual, I don't think you would go to pursue the Olympics specifically to be in the modern pentathlon without knowing what the events were. And if you're like, I want to be a modern pentathlete, what is that? I, I think oh, yeah. I think your head would turn. So this guy is talking about doing with with someone that he didn't know. You know, obviously finished it. Uh, he, he's talking about doing one of the hardest events in the world that one to two percent finished each year, and he doesn't even know what we did at the top of Mount Morrison, which was just a standard PT test, knowing the numbers of how many push-ups qualifies you to move on. The very basics, no yelling, no being wet, none of the, none of the hardships. And we go down and, you know, then it becomes simple instructions, more of a mental, uh, and, and it's just, it's failure after failure. But as somebody that is more of an athlete would interpret it as a lesson learned, I think he took it more of a, as a self-defeating, this isn't for me, which is, which is good, but you know, the next day when you were sending me those pictures, Scott, it seemed like he, he was back in the game because I was like, fuck, he's got him in cold water. It's freaking cold out. <laughs> I remember tough. those days, how cold it was and being wet. And it gave me chills just seeing those pictures you were sending. And I was like, man, this guy, all right, maybe he's, maybe he's back into it. And he realized because you had Scott, you had me, you had Jared, uh, you had Chad from Colfax, right? Uh, all the guys at your gym. I mean, he had a lot of good resources yeah. that he could have taken, but he, he did come across, you know, as most people do is I know what to do. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry that happened, but you know, yeah. He's, and he's a great kid. And like my door is open for him and he knows that, uh, I think a lot of it is 19 living at home, working his butt off for the family business. And he's trying to figure himself out and disconnecting from, from family that doesn't have your best interests all the time is got to be one of the tough. I've never had to deal with that, but I've had plenty of clients and friends who've had to deal with that. And it's gotta be one of the toughest um, psychological things to go through. But when you make, when you make the move, I mean, even the fact that he signed up and he, he put himself in some of these situations, those are all really positive characteristics he just didn't know what yep. he didn't know. And he didn't, he wasn't old enough or experienced enough to realize like when you don't know, what you don't know, you don't act like, you know, and that's the, that's the product. That's where you get your ass completely torn up in any, any athletic endeavor. But right, I, I, right. I did forget the part where I, cause Mark was there and he's like talking selection all week to me, to me. I was like, Oh crap. Cause I didn't even know you were going to the DECA thing. We just, we just met there. Cause we had a bunch of mutual friends. They, was like, it was, that's funny because that was the first time we actually saw each other in person ever since that first interview. And you came up to me and you were like, Mark. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, was like, Holy smokes. Just a random, you know, we just moved to Colorado randomly so met weird. there. Then we're moving to West Virginia. Oh, I'm from West Virginia too. It's just a small world. It's crazy. But the funny thing is that is like, Hey, Devin, Hey, go, go, uh, go Google Mark really quick. He's going to, he's going to give you some tips. So he's like kind of starstruck at that point, which is freaking hilarious. Cause then he's like, he's stuttering, trying to impression and do things, but the kid has a freaking, he's got a big heart and he's got a lot of energy. And I think, um, even I'll send this, I'll, I'll send this episode to him. Like, Hey, we're talking about you. 
and uh, in, a, in a positive <laughs> in a positive way, but it was a funny ass story. Like it's got to be told because it's a, a great story. Um, but I'd love to I'd love to talk to him again to see what, what he's learned and where he's at right now because it sounds like he's still kicking around a little bit. But yeah, I mean, yeah. the workout that I put him through, if if I would put myself or any of my friends that that have legit mental toughness, it would have been hard for all of us. Legit. I um, I mean, like I said, I was even with those pictures on that day yeah i couldn't believe it i was impressed (laughs) i was very impressed it was tough it's like a day like today um a couple more things and then we'll hop off here uh mark you got a kid coming along i do yeah in march congrats man thank you thank you appreciate it you know everybody parents differently and it's but it's really fun um to talk to people what they think it's going to be like and what how you're preparing for it mentally and otherwise i'm just kind of curious like where's your mindset with this stuff well first i i gotta tell you a little story we just got married actually a few weeks ago however the front was a baby shower which we did have a baby shower uh but then we sprung everybody with a wedding so that was a surprise and then somehow it became this fight club so you know, like the baby shower party or game was to, to strap. And this is all in a gym, right? My buddy's gym. And you had to strap this uh, six pound medicine ball to your belly with saran wrap to simulate a baby. Right. So the guys are <laughs> going and doing these shuttle runs, picking up stuff. And then you had to like tie your shoes and just this fun stuff uh, with this medicine ball. And then uh, this guy's wife was like, fight, 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 fight. And somehow they created this circle of people and made a sumo wrestle inside <laughs> of it with these balls strapped to us. And then all the kids started doing it and it just became like this fight club baby shower wedding. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we're doing well so far with the preparation. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, are you guys going to try to figure out what it is first? Are you just going to wing it? No, no, just it's been a surprise and we're going to keep it that way. And we're doing everything in home. So we have a midwife and, uh, you know, a, a pool ready to go. <laughs> just, it's going to, it's crazy. And, you know, and that's what she wants and I support it. And, you know, what else do you do? You just prepare. No, that's awesome. Congratulations. It's pretty fun. Usually it's a lot more fun for the <laughs> I mean, I have this conversation. I have so many friends that have kids coming right now. And, and I think the biggest thing for the dude is like, you, you can't feed the baby directly early on. For the most part, you can, you can support your wife, you guys support your wife or, or your partner, or whatever, as, as much as you can, because that's all you can really do. After about a year and a year and a half, I mean, you're going to love the kid right off the bat, but after about a year, year and a half, then you become a lot more important in a lot of it. And it's, useful it just gets better and better i mean guys are pretty useless as it as it is anyway like let's be honest we're all pain in the ass i don't know how any woman deals with any guy i have no idea but you guys are saints i think i'm pretty good actually yeah i think you are too probably you got a good last name on you (laughs) sammy have you have you been to west virginia no i have not that is one state i have never been to how dare you all right we gotta get you guys out there what um are you what are you working on right now, Mark? Anything big? Any any big projects? I know you do some training stuff online too, and just kind of curious what you're into. Our big thing right now is Ruckfest. We had our beta here last year, and it was a success. People loved it. 
and now it's just growing. So our events in August, uh, it's called Ruck Fest. It's, uh, you know, obviously with the Ruck, there's standards and it's, it's basically a festival. We have three different events. You can do whatever you want. You can do them all one. We have a fun run. You can carry whatever weight you want. And, uh, it's just basically trail run, uh, CrossFit style, and then a team event, which is more of an unknown, but there's no yelling. There's no screaming. It's all about having fun. We're going to have a DJ vendors, uh, awesome venue. And that's, uh, it's going to be in New Jersey. Oh, sweet, man. Yeah. Sweet, sweet. Sammy, do you have any, do you have any big questions for Mark just from the conversation at all? Anything in mind? Um, I mean, I, I think one thing that can be challenging maybe for some people is the rucking and being able to, people want to like jump all in and just start rucking. So maybe offering like little tidbits of advice for rucking, um, for those people that are in the military or training for it or training for something, maybe just like a couple tidbits of advice for rucking. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anybody, any woman that has carried a baby you were rocking at some point. Uh, and then, and then carrying your baby, you're rocking. Uh, but you know, rocking, rocking can be as fun, competitive or easy or challenging as you like. You could start off with, you know, just carrying a backpack and throwing essential weight in there with food, water that could be considered rocking. Uh, it could be on any level, walking, running, Uh, It's a great recovery tool. Just like I said, I just go out, throw some weight in a pack. I go through the disc a few times and all of a sudden I'm at three miles and I didn't consider it a workout, but you know, it's just something that you do. Um, Or you can be like me and throw 30 pounds of dead weight that has absolutely no worth in the real world, uh, except for like smashing a squirrel if you catch it. But like, you know, and then go run 10 miles or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just a good way to really just open the doors to a new fitness, new sort of fitness. Yeah. It's, it's so good for you to like, if you, those days that you just don't feel like pounding the pavement with a run, like throwing 30, 40, 50 pounds on and going for a three mile hike. Um, you're getting so much stronger just from doing something that's fairly, fairly easy. And then just, I think for most people just getting comfortable with, the with the shoulder straps, that's usually where most of the discomfort comes for people early on. So, you know, don't, don't some strength stuff that builds up traps. That's definitely going to help. Um, but yeah, it just makes you a stronger endurance athlete. It makes you better in the mountains. Uh, people who are into longer efforts, like ultra running, which I coach a lot of those guys, it's, it's really important for just getting good at improving and increasing your default hiking pace, um, core strength. There's so many benefits of it. Uh, it's really good for like, it's really good probably for Mark and, and your wife right now. Like she can't run as well as she could four months ago with, with the baby in there. So you can throw on the pack and go on a walk with her around the block and you're getting some fitness out of it and she's enjoying it. Like there's a million ways to think about it, but it's, it's a great, it's a great medium. for Yeah. Sure. That's, that's exactly what we did yesterday. You know, I, I threw on a rock because the first thing, anybody that goes out with me, they're saying oh i'm not as fast as you i'm like okay i'll just throw in weight no big deal (laughs) we'll figure that out um so that's what's fun too is that you can really just there's no excuse you just go out and you can walk or you can put on the weight that's going to equate to someone that might be jogging and is intimidated by how fast you are Uh, so it's it's a great balance and 
you know, I got to say it's one of the only skills I have in life. So once I get beat at that, then I don't know what's next. <laughs> You're but I, so, somehow I'm good at carrying weight, and, you know? All right. Last couple of things. I'm going to let you guys, I want you guys to give a shout out to somebody. They can be um, someone that, that we can follow on the socials. That's really positive that you're kind of digging right now just to keep it positive. And there's so, there's so many mediums out there that just, you know, talking smack and like, there, there's so many things to be negative out in the world. Let's, let's find the people that are really positive out there. So um, we're going to do that. And then I'm going to do a really quick West Virginia kind of quick questions for Mark on, on his four months out there. Cause I got, I got a few questions on, on lifestyle out there. So uh, is there anybody that you guys are following right now that, that is positive or you think brings some value to the world and it might be good for other people to check out as well. Go ahead, Sammy. Um, over COVID I found um, a girl, her name is Lauren Kansky and I've been following her. Um, and I mean, she's, She'll give it to you straight. Um, brutal. I think her saying is fork down, ass up. So um, it's kind of funny, but she's been fun to follow along and has some good workout stuff on her her page. Lauren Kansky. Yeah. Um, K-A-N-S-K-I. Okay. I was thinking about can't ski. Oh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Mark? So I got to give a shout out to my, my homeboy, Yancey Culp. Uh, he just turned 50, but before he did, he said, he called me up and he goes, Mark, I'm turning 50. And he's this guy, uh, Sammy, do you know who I'm talking about? No, I'll you have got to her, got her <laughs> Yancey Culp, C-U-L-P. So he's just, he's just off the wall all the time. You're like, how does this dude have this much energy? He calls me up and I'm going to try to do what I can you know, verbatim of what he would say, but he's like, Mark, I'm turning 50 this year. <laughs> I need to do a, a crazy off the wall challenge every month. I'm going to conquer the world every month. Conquer <laughs> the world. And he's just, this is how he talks all the time. And he just did his first month and his challenge was, I'm going to rub, run sub 60 second or sub you know, sub 60, uh, for a quarter mile. And he just did a 58 seconds. Like Ooh, that's moving at, at 50. So, I mean, his challenges are going to be from, you know, something short like that to something maybe like multi-day, but right now, you know, I know a few of them, but it, it's, you know, if that's a guy you want to follow just to see what his monthly challenges and, you know, some, he might fail and some, he might pass, but, Man, it, he's always positive. It doesn't matter the outcome. So check him out. Oh, I love that. I'm doing a challenge right now for for becoming ultra and a lot of the, the runners that we work with and just the listeners from that podcast. And I was on a run and I was like, you know, there's all these formats. Like Goggins has his like four by whatever uh, format. And then you like the backyard events are getting popular where you go run X amount in certain period of time. And you start on the on the certain period of time until you can't hit that distance in, in the time given all these different formats. It's like, what hasn't been done yet? So this is the stupid one I came up with and I'm actually doing it right now and I'm an idiot. So it's, uh, it's, I call it a run for the love. It's the first 24 days of February and every day of February, you have to run an hour, but it's gotta be in succession. So last night I ran at midnight tonight. I'm running at 1am tomorrow will be two, three, four, and the 24th day will be at 11pm. So you run that hour for the day. Um, you know, some people have to move stuff around for work here and there, whatever, but the whole idea was to get, 
really creative with your time management, really creative with your sleep management. And it's, the goal isn't to just completely deprive yourself of all these things. Like last night I went to bed at eight o'clock. I woke up at 1150. I went and walked, jogged because it's icy as all freaking get out, out here. Uh, and then came in, got a snack and I was back asleep by uh, before two o'clock. So I'm going to do that. Is that stupid? Or what? That's really cool. No, I, I've seen that challenge and I'm like, oh man, it's like four miles. It's just, just the perfect number for sleep work ratio, you know? Yeah. So it's fun. Yeah. I, I just, anytime somebody uh, calls something that I do dumb makes me want to do it like five times as much. So it doesn't work. Whatever you're saying out there, you're talking well, to well, you can't. <laughs> You can't talk to us and say it's dumb because we're going to be like, oh, no, it's kind of cool. I actually wanted to do that. Tell me how it goes. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, OK. So uh, before West Virginia questions, are you training for anything right now, Sammy? Like we've talked a little bit about it, but I actually haven't caught up and, and I'm kind of curious what you're what you're thinking. Um, my mom is trying to get me to swim at the Masters uh, State Swim Meet at the end of March. Um, but other than that, I mean. I kind of like haven't done anything since the army 10 miler that I did back like October, November. Um, so I'm just kind of working out to work out, which I feel like I do need something to train for. Um, but I haven't really found Uh that yet. So (laughs) I feel like I'm talking to the wrong people. You guys are going to give me some crazy stuff to train for, but, um, uh, we'll see what's out there. And I think at this point too, it's kind of fun. Like I skied yesterday for the first time or skied last week for the first time in like three years. So being able to get out and do some fun things that I haven't been able to do because I've been so worried about getting injured. So we'll see what kind of crazy things I can find this year. And I'm sure Scott, you'll have plenty of ideas that I can get into. I feel like, I feel like for the next hour, me and Mark could literally just, you, you could just sit there and grab a, a cup of coffee and listen to us brainstorm what we think you should do. <laughs> uh-huh. yep. that's, that's how it we'll works. open the door. Some new ideas for sure. Oh, that's awesome. All right. We're going to wrap it up with the West Virginia questions. Oh man, I'm going to fail all of this. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Yeah, a, lot, a lot of this is just going to be like uh, my knowledge. Cause you're in this, this small little area, right? So have you been to Valley View Park more than once? Oh yeah. How often it's my backyard, man. <laughs> I go there like every day. I walk my dogs. We throw the ball. I mean, I'm there seriously every day. I know the whole radius exactly Wait, for mileage. That's yeah. so funny. Is the, uh, is the wave pool still there? It is. And it looks disgusting. It's all moldy. Oh, it's one of those things where I wish it just didn't exist. When I was little Scott, that was the place, man. It was like, uh, you guys ever watched that movie Sandlot? It was like, oh, yeah. it was like the swimming yeah. pool at Sandlot, all the little kids running around. Very sad. Well, yeah. Now, now it looks like the, uh, the junkyard from Sandlot. Ah, oh, shit. Okay. That sucks. Um, have you, <laughs> have you experienced, uh, uh, Tudor's biscuit world? No, but I want to. I'm I'm kind of afraid of it. I'm intimidated Dude, by tutors. Go go do a 20 mile ruck. You'll be okay. Uh, go grab <laughs> Sammy. They have this place out there called Tutors, and literally, they make biscuits that are like the size of your face. Like West Virginia is always battling with Mississippi for the the most overweight state in the union, um, and I, I would blame this place for part of it. But if you're active, <laughs> if you're active and you're burning it off, man. You go get a daddy. It's got like, it's got like a whole hash, like an inch hash brown on top of an inch of oh, like two or man. three eggs with a pound of bacon on it, and you just go kill it. And then you don't have to eat for daddy. 
Dotty. Dotty. Okay. You don't have to eat for like the rest of the day. It's unfreaking real. Um, I bet an old lady came up with that one too. Oh, I'm sure. Old lady named Dottie in the kitchen. <laughs> so when I'm when I went to college in West Virginia, you know, even though my family's from there, I grew up in Florida. It's still a little bit of a culture shock. We were going for a hike at Pipestem State Park in southern West Virginia, which is gorgeous. You should go there. And we were coming back. We we're grabbing like a soda at the gas station or something. And we we're coming out, and these guy, these old timers, 75, 80 years old, they're picking on the banjo and like guitar. And it sounded straight out of Deliverance, like the movie Deliverance. But we were so curious. I was like 19, 20 years old. We were so curious. We walked in there like, hey, can we listen? And so we sat there for, I don't know, an hour and a half and listened to all these stories of what it was like back in the day and moonshine and, you know, all the hills that people were growing, illegal drugs, like all these crazy stories these old timers (laughs) telling us. So have you run into anything that was like stereotypical West Virginia since you've been there? Like besides- Yeah, I want to hear what you've run into. <laughs> I mean, just the verbiage and and the way people talk, because we do the trail build and you have a variety of people. But it, it, I think we're more of the outcasts in the fact that, you know, people are like, where are you from? And they're just like, why? You know, it's one of those, like, why are you asking me this? And, and, and the answer typically is because you don't have banjos flown out of your mouth. And it's just like the off the wall shit people constantly say, but like a recent like direct reference was this trail. So when you start going away, you know, back in the woods and, you know, kind of like, should I go down this trail or not? Uh, it gets a little scary. And then you, you start getting into the Confederate flag area. Uh, but specifically I was, I was, going down some sketchy roads and I was on a legit trail and there was barbed wire. It's like they sealed it off completely. And there's this arrow sticking out of the tree. Like he had it dialed in. If you cross that line, you were getting hit with the next arrow. So, I mean, it's, it's places like that. You're just like, I'm, I'm going the other way. Uh, so yeah, but I mean, you know, even even when you have that stereotypical person that you run into, the people are so nice and and I don't feel judged at all. It's just so welcoming everywhere I go. Yeah, you know, like for whatever reason, like people have always equated like you know, I went to college at Appalachian State and Concord College and Marshall, it's all in Appalachia, like in that little that little window there. And people just yeah. have always equated like having a country accent with being ignorant. And it's not even close to the truth. I mean, that's the very no. first stereotype you get and it's not true and it's just goofy. And uh, I don't know. I, I love that state. It's got, it's got so much of my, my history there. And uh, like anyway. you said, unless you insult them and you're like hurricane instead of hurricane. Yeah. Then, then you have a problem. <laughs> you just learn a little stuff. It's, and it's, you'll have, you'll probably make some really, really good friends there, which is just freaking awesome. So already have and pepperoni rolls that's oh that's somehow that's i mean that is the thing here too pepperoni rolls and hot dogs it's like what the where is this coming <laughs> from it's so weird well you guys this is what i want to do like just just normal conversations with people that are in the same world as me and uh what i what i really want to do is like be able to extend the invitation uh fairly regularly with with people that come on here so it's not just a one and done like we can catch in and see how Ruckfest went and see how the baby's doing and all that kind of stuff and see how your mindset changes as you train. And um, me and Samuel will be 
hammer hammering on the content we're putting out for people for training as well. So let's just man, I can't I can't wait to see more. And you guys should come out to Ruckfest. Jacksonville in April. No, that's Oh, that's no. the other no our event Ruckfest that's in oh, yeah, uh, yeah. New, Jersey, New Jersey in August yeah well I'll put all the links and, on that on there too so let's make sure I get all this stuff when we get off the off the call all right I'll I'll send it to you yeah where can people follow along with um you and your training Mark uh, Woodpile Jones At Woodpile Jones baby there's a whole story I won't I won't get into it right now but yeah right. <laughs> it's a it's a very positive thing in my life it's not weird. it's not weird at all awesome y'all thank you guys so much for being here and uh you guys of course check out athleteonfire.com that's where a lot of the training and all the podcasts and everything is so check it out appreciate you all right thank you thank you for listening to athlete on fire stay fired up with additional resources and information at athleteonfire.com